On this episode, we recap a hell of a week in college basketball. Skipper steps down from ESPN. The FCC won't let us be. And we interview Chattanooga men's basketball assistant coach Aaron Foose. Ian, you know what to do. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Green Light Podcast, episode seven. Siete. Yep. Good job. I was waiting for it. Yep. Seeing if you're going to pick up what I was putting down. We got a lot to talk about. I had uh, a hell of a weekend for uh, a lot of reasons, but I uh, got <laughs> to, got a chance to head down to uh, Washington, D.C. Shout out to Coach Carm uh, for letting me come by GW's practice. Um, How's that facility? Facility is awesome. They actually just got uh, big renovations. Probably, I, th- I believe he said two years ago, but they got it all, man. You know, I mean, their their locker rooms, state of the art. Um, you know, they got all the video stuff, everything. You know, the the hot tubs. The, I mean, they got everything. What you, you got to have these days at this point? Yeah, it, it's an arms race, and so uh, their facility is awesome. Uh, practice was great. It was a it was a slow day just because it was the day before they played Miami um, at home which they lost, but obviously Miami number six team in the country, so kind of tough. Yep. Um, but GW, they were 5-5, five and five, so they're 5-6 and six now. They've had a crazy schedule. He kept That's telling it. me, um, and I was like, man, did, oh, I, hopefully, wow. hopefully yeah. you didn't do the scheduling, but it was it was part of one of those they, uh, big tournaments. They mix some MEAC schools in there, which yeah. always will help your, your business, but playing – FSU on the road, Xavier yep. on a neutral court, Kansas State on a neutral court, getting a win over Temple, yep. but then at Penn State and then and then getting and then Miami, Miami to come play yeah. you. So Miami was um, a home and home. They went to Miami last year, I guess, and then I, I forget what he was saying. But either way, fifty nine. Wait, was it? Yeah, fifty nine fifty is not bad. No, not I at mean, all. I, I mean, you're if you stick around. Obviously, it's a home game, but if you're sticking around with uh, the Miami team that really, I mean. You look at it; they are five. GW's five and six. You're hanging around with a uh, a team yeah. that's arguably put it. It's I mean, it's a, it's a solid, solid top ten team. Yeah, arguably top five. Probably yeah, I mean, could win the ACC this year. Easily could, easily could. Yeah, no, I, I liked uh, Coach Joseph. I liked uh, his practice setup. Um, really prepared those guys well. Really, where they were focusing on just trying to take Miami out of their comfort zone. Yeah. To be honest with you, I didn't see an ounce of the game because. I was drinking beers, uh, watching Syracuse Georgetown. So full disclosure, my cousin uh, is the video coordinator for Georgetown, and me being the great cousin that I am, uh, decided to bet against. Dude, you, text, you texted me that, <laughs> and I know why. I was like, "That's messed up." I wonder if it was you told up. Brian. I, I did like, tell him. I did like, tell yeah, him. Okay. Uh, so I took Taylor, uh, my buddy, and I took Cuse minus five. If you watched that game at all, it looked like the worst bet ever. <laughs> did you wear? Wait, did you wear Georgetown stuff? I did. So we have a Duke fan disguised yep. in Georgetown, Georgetown gear, gear with all his money on Syracuse. All right, yeah, cleared. Yeah, there was a lot we'll, going we'll on here. there. A lot going on. Um, but Georgetown, listen, man. I mean, they played really, really well. They did, um, and I, I, I was—I don't say trash them, but I, I exposed their schedule, I guess, on yeah, one of the last yeah, episodes. We but I—I was very impressed. Yeah. I, I mean, I was—I didn't expect it them to play that well. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, dude, good for Georgetown. I mean, yeah, good, good for it's Georgetown. It's like the first kind of real game that they had to play. The place was almost sold out, if not pretty close. Yeah. Um, so it was good. You know, Syracuse came. I Love mean, the there retro was some, unis too. Yeah, retro no, unis are dope. Look like are, Ewing out there. Unis are fire. Really cool. Um, but Syracuse uh, coming down that stretch, man, that it completely switched. They got it to finally got it to overtime, and then after that, it was. Uh, it was over. But, Jake, uh, and I was impressed. And Jagan Mosley, for those who know, I was a kid from St. Anthony's, played for Bob Hurley. Yep. Uh, his brother, I think, is at Boston U. Um, pretty highly t- highly ranked recruit. Hadn't done very well. I've been tracking him a little bit. It was only playing probably uh, around the 20-minute mark. His season high was 15, but everything else he was in single digits. He had 20 points of set on 7 of 10 shooting, 6 of 8 from the line. Yep. Um, obviously taking a loss, but good to see a guy like that, that a uh, they need to be a key piece for them, perform. Um, obviously, when they get to Big East play, he's going to have to have more nights like that. But um, good good to see that because I've been following him for a while over in, in, in Jersey. Yeah, the... the uh the cupboard is bare at Georgetown right now. They uh, they just don't have the talent to really match up with uh, you know the teams that they're going to see. So you know you got to give uh, you got to give Patrick a couple years. Um, they they I don't know what they have. I'll coming tell you in. who they have coming in. Let's and see. you, dude, you're yeah. going to. I think you're going to absolutely love this. By kid. the way, Jesse. I Govin, stumbled though. across this guy. Jesse Govin is a beast. I really like him. They so, got him super late. So the kid that they've signed. His name is if you if you oh, follow yeah, if you yeah, follow yeah. like Ball is Life or any of the like hype uh, hype video websites. Yeah. There's a kid named Mac McClung. Um, I came across him because he's a Virginia kid from Gate Cities, from absolutely out, nowhere, out of nowhere. Nowhere. White kid that throws down like yeah. hammers, absolute hammers. You gotta go he Google is, Mac McClung. Um, top. I don't mean a top recruit. He's a three, he's a three star kid. I mean. Um, but he was, he, six two, athletic as can be. I mean, if anything, he'll at least give you some excitement on uh, on Midnight Madness. But yeah, exactly. Um, he um, he was actually committed to Rutgers. Was and, he really? Yep, he committed to Rutgers, and then he came on his visit and decommitted. Wow, so interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I just typed in his name and broke his school scoring record two days ago. So, um, there you dropped, go. Yeah, he's got the he's got the green line. So, yeah, there you go. Um, see. But yeah, so uh, Cuse gets a big win. Um, obviously, a rivalry game there. Awesome environment. Um, the next one we wanted to talk about. Tennessee showed out a little bit against Carolina. Um, and they blew it at the end. And I'm gonna I forget the kid's name, but they he it was literally like 40 seconds left. Kid gets trapped in the corner. Tennessee's up one, and he just throws it. He literally throws it in the backcourt. I mean, it, it lost in the game. I didn't get um, to see much of this one, but we talked about for Rick Barnes. Yeah, dude, man, doing a great Crushing job. It. Their only losses this year to Villanova and North Carolina. Yeah. Um. Obviously, like, they have on. a win over Purdue, which we I think yep, we broke that. Yep. That was live. When I we were watching that. that. I remember. Um. I mean, they played oh, yeah, Furman, Wake. Forest and before they get into SEC play um, but they're ranked 24th in the Ken Palm rankings right yeah. now and they're doing all right. I uh, I like Tennessee I yeah. like Tennessee a lot yeah no I liked it I thought that was a big I mean I know it was home you know like so all right yeah. that that helps a little bit but still Carolina is the number six team in the country they're loaded so pretty good job by the uh, the fighting Barnes um, another team we have not talked about at all really this Mm-mm. year and and for good reason they obviously you know new coach and um you know trying to get a, reestablished a little bit but st john's is sneakily sneakily is that how you say that sneaky sneaky, sneaky? i don't think sneakily is a word sneakily. i'm making up words we're, we're, we're getting they're sneaky uh, nine we're and two. On that one. they're sneaky nine and two and i haven't seen them play 
um, at all. But they they have the loss to Missouri and Arizona State, two teams they're probably supposed to lose to. Yeah. Um, but good for them too. Yeah. You know, no, like, definitely. Um, they have they have a kid. They have a local kid, Shamar yeah, Pons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is an absolute stud. I think he was like a four star recruit yeah. uh, playing the EYBL circuit um, from uh, from the Five Bros. Small key, 6'1", 175. Right now, um, let's see his his numbers. He's tenth in Ken Palm's like player of the year rankings. Um, so it shows you exactly Damn. how uh, how efficient he is, how well he's playing. Um, look what he's averaging right now. It looks like Shamori Pons for St. John's averaging the seventeen eighteen season, nineteen point seven points. 4.8 assists and 6.3 rebounds at six foot one. Yeah, his point guard, probably the smallest two on the floor majority of the time he's playing. He's out there balling um, out from uh, from Brooklyn. Shout out to, to BK. Um, his last few games, I mean, 22, 28, 19, 16 against Iona. I mean, kid's really good. They have a dude. Um, they actually have a kid, former Ohio commit, Tariq Owens. Um, oh my! Committed God. to Jim Christian at Ohio. Transfer to Tennessee, transfer to St. John's. I think led the Big East in blocks. So they have some talent there. I mean, they have absolute. I think Tariq Owens was the highest commit ever to recruit to, to highest recruit ever to commit to Ohio, um, and then and then backed out obviously. But they have some talent there, and and I mean, good for uh, yeah. good for Chris Mullins. Mullins, baby. Good Love for it. Chris Mullins. Who do they have coming up? They have anybody? Uh, they have anybody tough before Big East play? They looks like they get St. Joe's. Oh, Ooh. they get Pravi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their first. That's Saint their first Joe's, Big East game. St. Joe's, Providence, Seton Hall, Creighton, DePaul. I mean, obviously you get in the Big East schedule there. Um, they have Seton Hall and Creighton on the road, which would be no easy yeah, task. That's but um, right Speaking now, of Seton their Hall. defense, they're only giving up forty percent from two, six in the country in two point percentage defense. So shout out to. We gotta uh, go watch those drills. Shout out, doing. shout out to St. John's and uh, yeah. a, a local spotlight. Big time. Um, Keeping in the tri-state, yeah, uh, I had my eyes on this. I kind of just casually stumbled upon it the other day, and I knew it was going on. But I was you know, like, you're you know a what? college basketball fan. I was you like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Rucker Seton Hall. Like yep. this is a rivalry. For some reason, I thought they were playing at Prudential Center. But they weren't. It was actually at Rutgers. And uh, if you mentioned our first episode, I was less than impressed with the with the atmosphere yeah, at the yeah, rack. Yeah. Granted, that was like a Wednesday night against Cleveland State. I have to give them credit because it was absolutely jumping. Yeah. I like. I know people. Everyone say, "Oh, the racks got to get back again. We got to get like. You got to get the energy in the in the gym." This place was jumping. Um, obviously, I mean, it's a huge rivalry game. If you know, those two schools are very, very close together. Um, they uh, they are different conferences now. Obviously, Rutgers in the Big mm-hmm. Ten and Seton Hall in the Big East. But um, Rutgers played so, so well. They got down, I think, maybe by like 13. Um, they've got a kid, Geo Baker, that's like a, it's a freshman. Um, handles the ball really, really well. Um, scores, let's see what he, he finished with um, against Seton Hall. 17 points, uh, four rebounds, four assists. Um, for a kid that I don't think was very highly right. I think he was like another three-star kid. Um, but he's quietly having a really good season, 17, 12, 19, 11. He's in double figures every single, um, every single week. So, um, you got to read that. You got to read the Rutgers stats, the Rutgers stats. Yeah. No, about the, when they haven't made it. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, that's why I get yeah, to. So these, these. obviously Steve Peichel is was second year. I think this at Rutgers. Is a, yeah. This is like a statement. Second year Rutgers. This is honestly, this is what you need to kind of, this is a, a building 
a stepping stone is this, to build your program yeah, the way the you want to build point? it. And I, I, I wouldn't call it a turning point Not yet, yet but get this, you, have to, you have to get the wheels in motion. And yeah. for a program, uh, I pull up the stats. I had no idea. I just I was casual. I was like, when was the last time Rutgers was relevant in basketball? Yeah. And, yeah. and I was curious because obviously everyone kind of rags on Rutgers and um, looked it up. They haven't been above 500 since the 2005-2006 season. I was in middle school. So put that into perspective. That was <laughs> um, 2005-2006, over 10 years ago. Even worse, though, they haven't visited an NCAA tournament since 1990-91. So oh, I wasn't born. God. I wasn't born the last time Rutgers was in the tournament. Yeah, so obviously um, they've had a ton of coaches in that span. Um, and and tough, hopefully tough they can look. get it right. I mean, this is this is what you have, you have to beat. Um your the your local rivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's these, step are, one. I mean, these are the kids you're recruit you're you're competing with Seton Hall to get these top New Jersey there's so much talent in New Jersey right now and coming out of New Jersey. If you want to keep those kids home, this this is helps. And obviously huge environment like that. Um, hopefully this can get them on the track. I'm not saying they're going to the NCAA tournament this no, year, but, the, um, but it, it's given that they're pretty, they're a pretty young team. Um, and, uh, hopefully, I mean, it, this gets them in the, in the right direction. They've all uh, top 10 and effective field goal percentage in, on their de- in defense in the entire country. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to guard, guard the ball and then, uh, hopefully the scoring will come from there. So, yep. Uh, shout couple, out to Rutgers. Yeah, shout out to Rutgers, man. A um, couple quick games we just want to mention that uh, I don't think too many people saw coming. Oklahoma beating Wichita State. Shout out to our boy Trey Young. Trey Young. Um, Trey Young. Crushing it. The truth. He's, he reminds me of Tyus Jones, and I think it's just because of his hair. Because he's his twin. Yeah, he does well, also he's, really he's pretty, look like they, They're pretty they similar. They do have similar games. They're very similar. So, skinny yeah. little like 6'2 guy. They are very similar. Very, very similar. Um, Update on his stat line right now yeah. for this season. He is on pace. First of all, he's averaging 28.8 points per game. So he's all, obviously they haven't hit Big Ten play yet, but he's on pace to be the all-time leading point-per-game scorer in, in Big, Big 12 history. history. Um, Come on. So, I mean, obviously I don't think he's going to keep it up at a 29-point-per-game clip. But, I mean, dude, yeah. this kid for a 6'2 guard as a freshman Crush averaging 28.8 8.9 assists and 3.6 boards, shooting. Almost having a double double. 47 percent from the field, 37 and a half percent from three, 87 percent from the line. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot to like there. But it was awesome. Obviously, we'd see him do it a few times. We saw him drop like 29 on USC. We saw a few of their their games. But Wichita State was the number three team in the country, and yeah. he came and balled out. Yep. Um, absolutely balled out. I mean, they hadn't played. He had those. He, we mentioned him earlier when he was Green Light Player of the Week. I think he had 43 against Oregon. Yep. Um, his lowest output of the season was his first game. He had 15. Other than that, oh, yeah, against he went Omaha. So 22, 28, 33, 43, 32, 28, 29, 29. That's so, crushing it. Um, and the the coolest thing I saw about this, I was I told you about. Um, shout out to uh, our friend Seth Davis. Um, Seth Davis tweeted before the game. I guess this was yeah December sixteenth, twelve twenty nine p.m. Here's another prediction: Trey Young will not get twenty today. He will be defended harder and smarter than he has ever been defended in his life. Well, that didn't work out because I think at halftime he had he had he had like eighteen and a half, eighteen seven and four at at halftime. So, uh, shout out to you, Seth, for putting a bold prediction. But but like, dude, hot take, baby. Trey Young's not the guy to do that against. Yeah, I think he can score against anybody, and he proved that. Yeah, Um, guys, a beast. Do you like you? you, What do you? Is Wichita State? Do you think this is a fluke for them? This loss, or do you think it's like? 
I really don't even count losses until January, to be honest with you, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Oklahoma's really good. They're 9-1. and Like, is that a bad loss just because Mm -hmm. Oklahoma wasn't ranked in the preseason? No. Of course not. It's there. It's so, probably no, it's, honestly, it's, it's, other, yeah. it's a, it's just a loss. It's it just is. an L. It's a loss. So, That's hey, it. moving on. Yeah. Um, last um, games the to two, cover. Yeah, the two ones that I was shocked by is IU beating Notre Dame. Um, Shout out to Archie. There's your signature win, Archie. You talk about trying to like set yeah, the, the program Notre in Dame. the right yeah, step. Yeah, yeah, and Absolutely that, awesome. Yeah. And, and I want to speak, I, I wish every state would do what, what Indiana's doing with this, uh, I think they call it, Crossroads, class, something like that. Basically, they, they have the four top home. programs. They play in Indianapolis at Banker's Life. If you've ever been to Indy, it's the most. It's an awesome, awesome setup. It's probably my yeah. one of my favorite places for a Final Four because all the hotels, all the bars, the restaurants, everything yep. is downtown. So you get Notre Dame, Indiana, Butler, and Purdue. Purdue would probably be all playing, four, right? and they can kind of mix. They mix it up every year. Who plays who? You get all those fans in one in Indianapolis. I know they've t- there have been talks about doing this in Ohio with like Xavier, Cincinnati, Ohio State, and then rotate like one of the Mac schools. Yeah. What I've heard the though, the rumor is that Cincinnati and Xavier refuse to agree to play because the most well, it makes the most sense to have it in Columbus since it's the center of Ohio. Yeah. And have it at Nationwide, but they don't want to step is basically they don't want to step into a home game for Ohio State for whoever plays them. All right. If you put it in Cleveland, then it's just out of the way for kind of everybody. You put it in Cincinnati, then it's the same. Ohio State doesn't want to play. There's at in at, at UC or Xavier, but I think it'd be awesome. Like you could do it too, and then you, you could do it for the DMV with like Maryland, Virginia, Georgetown. Yeah, I mean, we're basically these, copying the Big Five. You know, exactly. Like why we why every every big city doesn't do the Big Five or. I mean, that's stupid. It makes You're a ton of right. sense. And, and obviously it leads to – obviously these teams don't get to play each other every year. And now Indiana has a resume building win against yep. uh, against Notre Dame. And Archie can kind of that's, – that's, that's Archie's signature win so far. Yep. So, and um, the last one we want to talk about was Clemson beating Florida. My pick for Florida in the Final Four is just, just, just looking awful. Um, and Clemson. I, I mean, we haven't talked about Clemson Dude. once on this podcast, I don't think. And they're all of a sudden nine and one. Dude, Clemson. I mean, with the loss I honestly, and I, I don't, don't want to talk boys. about any anyone's jobs or job security. Oh, he's but I on think it. He's Brad on it. Brownell was a guy that I think was on his like last straw going into this. He Not was. saying he's safe, obviously, because you still have the whole ACC season to play. But yep. I mean, they're sitting at nine and one, thirty third in the Ken Palm. Squarely look like they're going to be a tournament team this year. Um, they have wins over the Ohio Bobcats. Um, they have wins over Ohio State. Um, not quite, but then Florida is their their best win so far, and yep. then they get South Carolina next, which they should that's win. A, and that's a good one. Um, be before a good they get one into, if they can get it, and they get into ACC play. But right now, I mean, they look like I mean they defend pretty. They're 29th adjusted efficiency. They're they defend. Fairly, fairly well. They give up a lot. They give up a lot of threes, apparently. Um, but pack, pack it in the paint, and um, they score really well from two. They shoot fifty nine percent from two themselves. So top ten. Um, shout out to Clemson. I mean, it's good to see a program like that. Same way we talked about with BC. It's like they yeah. struggle. He's kind of they've gone through the process of trying to get his guys in there, trying to get his system put in. And yep. now, um, I mean, some guys don't get the luxury to wait it out as long as I think Brownell's he's, he's, been there a yeah, while. He has. Um, you don't get that luxury, and, and which is good though. You need it. Like, do you know how hard you, of a job you've Clemson told me, is? Yeah, you've told me so many times too about. I know what like Coach K's record is. Yeah, first few years. Awful, if they had just gotten rid of him, first three um, years he was abysmal. And, and and we talk too about expectations at a school and like yeah. at Clemson it's it, it's a football powerhouse now it's like all right you're Clemson 
make the tournament every few years, that's that's good. That's it's all it. right. So like their projected record right now is twenty and ten and ten in the eight ten and eight in the ACC. You're going that's above like as good as it can get with Clemson now. Every three to four years, they have to go like 23 and 7, 24 and 6. They got to have one of those really, really good years. You have years. to mix it up. And then they mix it in with one of the years where they have only 17 or 18. But like, yeah. that's that's yeah. Clemson. I mean, They're like, it, they've had 17 wins the last two years, 16 the year before that. But then, there you go. His In 20, I think they still missed the tournament there. 2014, they went 23 and 13. 13. So, like, there you, you get that one little, like, 20-win season sprinkled in there. Yep. You keep the fans happy. Yep. They're obviously still going to the college football playoff. But then, hey, while they're waiting, while it's uh, while it's bowl season for everybody else, you get uh, you get That's a little it. win over Florida on, on in your non-conference schedule. That's um, it. That, is, uh, that was our recap, obviously. A the, long during, one it was week. a long one. It was it was a long week of waiting to get to those games because really most was. most schools are in exams. But then when we got to those games, it was legit. Um, and this is by far. And we were talking about this before. Um, this is like the worst week of college basketball. Like right now, we're watching Omaha play Kansas, and Kansas is up forty. It's just all the the like last one or two. Um, you know, BS non-conference games before we get into conference play. It's just, it's not even fun. Like, this Kansas game stinks. But anyway, one thing we wanted to talk about, um, big news in sports, uh, John Skipper, president CEO of ESPN, steps down today. So, you know, there's a lot, there's been a lot of stuff going on at ESPN. Um, and there's obviously, you know, if some the story is is that he was battling substance abuse we don't know what the substance is obviously none of that is funny um and obviously we want him to get any help that he needs i'm just saying that it's interesting timing Timing. for sure timing timing, Um, with everything everything in life is timing with everything that has been going on with espn and all the sexual harassment claims um certainly an interesting Departure. If you scroll down, like you just search John Skipper, every obviously the first every article that comes up is steps down, steps down. Yeah. Then you get to the last article that wasn't about that. This is exclusive. It was from Vanity Fair. ESPN president John Skipper. Uh, or no, oh, here we go. It was actually from um, Washington Post. John Skipper is steering ESPN through turbulent times. So obviously things hadn't been good there. I mean they've they've been battling a lot of different issues when it's Jamel Hill, whether it's the barstool stuff, whether it's um, layoff, layoffs, layoffs, tons of layoffs, whether it's now like rumors of major major sexual harassment stuff with um, different guys like that. The timing is really weird, especially because he just signed a new deal like a, mm-hmm. what like a month ago. Yeah, exactly. So like obviously I'm not I don't want to speculate, and this is obviously away from like allegedly, the college allegedly, exactly. This is away from what we've focused on with college basketball, and it's taking that kind of a side note to it. But it, it's something that it does impact. It, re- it, it impacts. It, it impacts the landscape of of every sport because this is the biggest major player, and this is the biggest. This is the king of the castle. At yeah, at, I, I I will say though, like you know, the fact ESPN has kind of rested on their laurels a little bit yeah you know like yeah we we if you would have said this in 2006 people would have looked at you crazy um you know and even before then they had it even more like we know that they're the worldwide leader in sports and all that but they've just sat there and put out the exact same content like if you watch espn from nine in the morning till 5 p.m it's different people saying the same things exactly it's the same topics they don't even try and hide it no it's like 
insane. She's regurgitating regurg- the, the same, same stuff. And it's stuff nobody really cares about. Like, no. they're worried about what LeBron tweeted and just the dumbest stuff. And so, you know, they've before all this, before him stepping down, before Barstool, before Jamel Hill, all that, ESPN has lost a lot of its like following and luster they, yeah, you right. know like the insider stuff like who's paying for espn insider? well i'll still uh, say well, you have one person right here that pays huh. and that's only then the only reason God i do damn. that God the only it. reason i know i messed up your your point the damn. only reason I, the only reason i do that is for the recruiting info there's nothing else there's no other I like i literally get espn the magazine sent to me for free because of it yeah, and it goes straight go. to the trash <laughs> like, I, 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 you guys ask it's like kelly, a quick flip you can ask kelly it's and like, then you're she's out. like do you want this no, no. Well, yeah, we're done here I mean, it's it's. I to be fair, I was uh, I was under the weather last week, and it's one of those. As a kid, you were like, oh, you're home. Like I get to watch ESPN all, all day. Yeah. I literally didn't even just want to want to put ESPN on because it's just like I'm just gonna get angry listening. Yeah, like I don't like it's it, it's gonna drive me crazy. So yeah. Um, it's tough to see. Obviously, I mean, thoughts yeah. and prayers out to John Skipper. I hope we get peace. everything Teasing right. Peace. Give everything right, and you're right. But hopefully, um, I know they're going back to um, the former president that was there for I think it was like 10, 15 years through like 2011. It was there uh-huh. before Skipper to at least kind of right the ship and do that. Hopefully, um, can come in and maybe bring Barstool Van Talk back. But uh, yeah, while you're at it, but. Um, Get ESPN, uh, get ESPN back to to the ways that that we uh, we we like to see as as kids. Yeah. The um, last thing, really quick. This is actually just a funny aside. So last uh, episode, we put on Kanye West Homecoming at the end of it, and that was a reference to shout Bill Wazinski from yep. Chicago, and yep. it was Homecoming in Chicago. He just wanted to make a nice reference to like play the guy out. Yep. And our episode got taken down. So if you're looking for episode six, it is gone. We have to take out Kanye West's song. And, uh, you know, this is what happens when you uh, just do things, you know, off the cuff, which is what we're doing. We're you the know? bad boys. Yeah, bad we're the bad boys, boys of, of podcasts. College basketball um, podcast. You don't see Mark Titus getting his episodes Yeah, what's pulled. up, bro? Uh, actually, that's a nice little thing because we're going to uh, talk about Mark Titus a little bit uh, in this interview with Same Coach right Aaron Foose, that's how you segue this motherfucker. Uh, with Coach Foose, appreciate you coming on. Without further ado, the fusser. All right, we are now joined by Coach Aaron Foose uh, from Chattanooga. That sounds weird to say, Coach. Um, before <laughs> before we get into it, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, working for Coach Foose at Ohio University my sophomore to senior year. Um, I was a manager slash floor wiper slash video guy slash uh coach gross is starbucks order picker upper um so we got a we got a pretty uh solid background um loved working for you it was fantastic and then obviously ian got what'd you get two three two years no i got all, oh yeah you all, got all four all, i keep forgetting four, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i know yeah he's my protege um but coach foos welcome appreciate it and uh looking forward to it man it's gonna be fun yeah thanks for having me on guys i'm excited to uh to be a part of this this podcast you got going on um, so the first, uh, the first time I, I learned about who you were, I was, uh, going to be a sophomore. I was probably, it was like, I don't know, June or something. Um, and you know, Tim O'Shea left to go to Bryant and coach Gross gets hired and Ryan Molnar, there's a name from the past for you. Good old Rathers gives me a call. Uh, cause I don't think he left Athens for four years. Cause so he was, he was there and calls me and says, Hey man, this guy, uh, this guy Aaron Fuss is gonna call you. He's the new uh, new ops guy, and I'm like Aaron Fuss. I don't know if I don't even like that name right now. I don't know if I'm gonna like this dude. 
<laughs> so from the get-go, I was pronouncing your name wrong. But I think uh, we, I think we had a pretty, pretty fun uh, three years. That's for sure. Um, but you had a similar come up, obviously starting at Ohio State. Um, what was, uh, what was it like working for Coach Mata and uh, coming up for uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes? Yes, yes. I'm glad you said it that way. Yeah, it means a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and, and I've got an awful last name. I mean, I, I can't even. Ima- I don't even get mad when people mispronounce it because it's just so bad. I mean, I, I actually just I just get amazed if they don't mess it up. So our actual down here at Chattanooga, this is how bad it, our our, uh, our PA guy said my name wrong the first uh, the first game, which oh, I didn't boy. care. But it's like it's that bad. Like they even coached him on how to say it, and he still messed it up. So <laughs> it's not hard it to say. Damn. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's a weird deal. Um, no, it, yeah. In terms of my uh, how I got into the business, um, like a lot of like a lot of people, I was a bad high school player. Um, yes. Loved basketball, wanted to be around it. Um, did not want to. I was not a guy that wanted to to go and play Division three basketball and and do all this. I got a lot of respect for those guys. They do, you know. I just, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to coach. I wanted to be around um, the highest level of basketball that I could be around. And went to Ohio State, actually was a manager for Jim O'Brien for three years. Um, My first three years. And we don't do too much research on this. (laughs) I thought it was model the whole time. (laughs) No, no, no. It was, uh, yeah. Jim O'Brien hired me, had a great, great three years working for him. Um, and then Coach Mata was hired um, going into my senior year, so got a chance to uh, be a part of my first coaching change at that point and worked with Coach Mata. I was an undergraduate manager for a year. Um, they let me stick around and be a graduate assistant for two years, which was awesome. Um, we had we had a tremendous staff. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool to be around the staff at that time. His... His initial group was obviously Thad, uh, Alan Major, John Gross, Dan Peters, um, Brandon Miller, and then Dave Egelhoff um, was uh, was there, and and Dave's actually still there um, in the same role. And they um, and it it was just a a great staff. Obviously, all those guys either were head coaches, as Dan was the uh, was the head coach at. Youngstown State and a couple other spots for a little while, um, or they or they have gone on to be head coaches um, since then. So it was uh, it, it was really cool to be able to learn from those guys, and obviously we had a lot of a lot of success um, in those couple of years. The last season I was there was um, we made it to the national championship game with Odin and Conley, uh, all those guys, and it was uh, so it was I got everything I could have asked for out of my experience being a manager in a GA. Um, Actually, this is how crazy I am. I get done with being a GA, and this just goes to show that the, we make the national championship game. I'm thinking, like, I'll probably get a job at, like, Kansas next year, you know, like, <laughs> as, as an assistant coach. You know, hey, I'm, I'm going straight to the top. Yep. And um, had, a couple, had a couple offers, like, that weren't great. You know, hey, 10000 bucks, no benefits. Um, that we're actually looking back 
one of them was like assistant video coordinator for the Cavs, ten thousand bucks in a in a in a bed. Oh um, my god! Should have taken that <laughs> to have a guy named LeBron James who yep. was pretty good. They made it to the finals, I think, two years later or whatever it was. But uh, you know, I, I'm like, hey, I just is this the real world? You got to go out here and you work your tail off, and then you get a job as a making ten thousand dollars, like and. I knew that that was going to be, but I didn't really, I didn't really think that through. I think yep. at the time, and so I spent the next year trying to figure out what I was going to do: substitute mm-hmm. teaching, uh, coaching AAU, um, and I gave it one last, one last go around, trying to get a job that following cycle um, in the business. And Coach Gross got the Ohio job late. I mean, like I was about to go back to school and try to get my master's degree, try to or try to get my teaching certificate, do something. I'm like, I guess I'll be a high school teacher and coach. Um, coach Gross got the job at Ohio late. It was like in June. Yeah, crazy. And late. called me up and he's like, all right, Foose, hey, bring you down. Here, here's the deal. Blah, blah, blah. You know, went through the deal. And I'm like, that ah, sounds great. You know, ah, there we go. I'm finally, finally in. He calls me back a couple weeks later or a couple, a couple days later. Hey, the situation is not what I thought it was going to be. Here's what here's what the setup is going to be. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, I'm yeah, I'm still in. And he called me a couple of days later, like, oh well, I can't get you know. And I, I was I, I had a, a firm belief at that point that I was going to do it, that I was all in, and I'm really excited that I did. Um, had a great run at Ohio. Was there for nine years. Worked for three different head coaches. Um, we won a couple championships. Played in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, had a chance to be around uh, some players of the year, some NBA player. It was it was it was awesome. So um, yeah, that's and now I'm just came down here to Chattanooga. Um, was excited for something different. Have known uh, Coach Paris for a while, and really was excited about the vision that he had. Really was excited about working for him and and, and trying to help him uh, get this thing in uh, the way that he sees it and. Um, moving forward, so that's that's uh, everything in a nutshell. Yeah, no, that, that sums it up, and it kind of leads into the biggest thing that I I wanted to ask you. I mean, right off the jump, is obviously you spent a lot of time in Athens and 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 working for different coaching staffs. But um, what what have you seen, obviously, in the time you've been at Chattanooga, and the differences or similarities of recruiting kids to Athens, Ohio, and Ohio University compared to? Chattanooga, Tennessee, and and obviously the pros cons and what kind of um, meshes between each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of that stuff, like we're we're still figuring out all the all the intricacies and specifics of what is the exact profile of the kid we're going to get the best, you know, be able to get the best player with this profile and stuff like that. Um, but there's a lot of similarities because Chattanooga is in terms of the the basketball program here it has a ton of tradition um we've only been division one i think since the late 70s early 80s and in that time we're averaging making it to the ncaa tournament almost once in every four years wow so i mean that that's a it's a ridiculous rate in terms of the the ability that they've had to be able to win the league. And I think it's yep. pretty similar to Ohio. Like the Ohio's number is not the percent percentage is not that high. Um, but in terms of the overall tradition, um, 
it's really similar. Uh, we've had, and so for that, like when kids want to win, like, you know, you, you kids, they, that's what they want to do. They want to win. They want to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, we have really good resources and support here, um, which is very similar to Ohio. Um, the, the only, the biggest thing that's different down here is just that it's, it's urban campus versus, um, college town. And that's, that's a bigger, um, it's a big difference. You know, Chattanooga, it's not a, most people would say it's not a huge city, but for me, I lived in Athens, Ohio for nine years. That's (laughs) 40,000 people in the whole County or something, something like that. Um, so the greater Chattanooga area is like, I think 270,000 people or something like that. Um, so I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm right down the street in New York City with you yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's crazy. Like so and you know campus is right downtown. Um and so that, that part is awesome. It's really cool that we have it's kind of like a touristy kind of a touristy spot too. We're it right on cool, the border yeah. of Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah. Um so we're about an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes to Atlanta, which is about the same as it was Athens to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's it, there's there's a ton of similarities with the uh, with the spots, but yeah, it's it, it's it's a cool spot down here. Now with you guys, is it uh, you know you mentioned you got good support, um, good resources. Are you guys going after four year high school players? Are you going after prep schools? Are you gonna try and get some JUCO kids to to get some answers right away? I mean, what's the what's kind of the AD and and uh, you know obviously brand new head coach? What's what's the mindset? Well, we, we want to get the best guys. I think most guys would be like this. They want to get the best guys they can get mm-hmm. that fit their profile. Um, and for us, we were not in the mindset that if we have to have a bunch of guys that we're holding their hands to go to class and that we're waking them up every morning, that we're doing all those things, it, we, we don't feel like those guys are going to be able to, to maximize their potential within what we do. So, um, we're going to recruit guys that are able to take care of all that stuff on their own. Now that that could be, we're recruiting junior college guys. We're recruiting prep school guys. We're recruiting high school guys. Those guys can, can be in that area, in any of those areas. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of making sure that they fit with, um, with that element. You know, we're, we're, we're going to give these guys a lot of freedom. Um, on the court, we're going to give them a lot of freedom off the court. Um, and so for us to be able to do that, we, we have to recruit guys that can handle that. That makes sense. Um, so I was taking a look at your schedule. Do you guys not have any buy games this year? Um, we played, uh, what was it? UAB, UAB and yeah. Wyoming. Yeah, that was part of a. Uh, it was part of an exempt event at the beginning of the year that we got. Um, we got paid some money to do that. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Because I was looking at the schedule, I'm like, there's no, you know, like, suit, you know, there's no big big boys on here, which is which is awesome. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, it's good. Like we're we're not. At, you know, there are some universities they have to go out and they have to they have to raise money for the yeah for the two years of athletic department. I mean, yeah. that's. And and that's really hard for you to be able to sustain a successful program when you have to do that. Um, it's just it's just really hard. Now we're 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 in a good spot here with with what we um, you know we, we want to be stewards of the athletic department. We don't want to 
um, we're, we're not reckless or anything like that. But at the same time, like they, they also, um, you know, really appreciate scheduling and believe in the ability that that has to, to be able to change the dynamic of a team. Cause I think it's huge. It's huge. I mean, it's give yourself a chance to, to win 20 games every year, hopefully playing a postseason event, yep. whether it's, you know, everybody wants the NCAA tournament, the NIT, whatever it is. Um, some of these other tournaments, if you have the opportunity to play in those, those are great. And the only way you can do that is if you, you got to win, probably 20 games so you know if you're if you're going on the road for five or six by games it's gonna be hard to get there hey man i know you're an ohio state guy but you definitely took over coach izzo's mindset that they'll play anybody so if for the people that don't know <laughs> uh, coach foose was in charge of scheduling um and i, I saw i saw that uh, ohio you took an eldo iona that was that was your uh, that was your puppy um and yeah i know you i mean they played clemson dayton indiana state iona and then maryland i mean even ohio's got to do by game so i mean is i know you briefly mentioned it obviously your first year are you in charge of scheduling down there or not yet no no we're coach uh, we all kind of chip in with it um we don't have like one one guy i haven't been the i don't think i've been the the point guy at this point, but, um, we're all, we've all kind of got different, different things that were, uh, I've been working on our exempt events, um, specifically, which is something that, uh, is, is really important now in college basketball to be able to try to get, you know, if you play an exempt event, you get to 31 games that gives you a chance to once again, win more games, win 20 games, um, and and put yourself in a in a position where your players get more opportunities to be seen, to compete, grow, and all those things. So those things are all are all really good. So we've we've actually, uh, and that was what Ohio, their um, Clemson, Dayton, Indiana State, those were all part of an exempt. Part of the exempt. So yeah. that sense. was a deal where, like, if you're a mid major school, and the same, like, for us, the same thing is, yeah, it, the odds of you beating some of these others, you know, a high major school, your best chance is on a neutral court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we won at Georgia Tech last year. Um, Chattanooga yep. has won, I think, two years ago. They won at Georgia, at Illinois, um, yep. and at Dayton all in the same year. Um, and so we've we've had a lot of success here going on the road in, in some of those games that people just write you off on. Um, but – you know, if you look at like Butler's scheduling philosophy early on in their deal when they were still in the Horizon League, they weren't going and playing all these schools in their in those schools' buildings. They were playing them on neutral courts. Whether it was, hey, let's play Notre Dame in Indianapolis, or let's you know on one of these other in Conseco, or let's uh, let's get in this event and we'll be able to play these teams on a neutral court, and that that changes the game it really does um at least it, it, it's just different when you don't have your home crowd everybody's going through a travel routine so that's the trick for mid-major schools in my opinion scheduling wise is to find ways to play high majors on different floors than what they're normal to and where they have to travel as well yeah no i i 100 agree with you and and I, you mentioned obviously it's kind of a staff collective thing you guys are working together um, for those who don't know, you have two other former Bobcats on the staff with you, Walter Offit and, and David McKinley, two guys that 
obviously you coached. What has kind of that dynamic been? How has that been with being on a staff now with guys that you used to be uh, on the one coaching that now you guys are, are collaborating and, and coaching together with? No, it's all, it's actually awesome. Um, it was a, uh, you know, biggest draw for me to come down here was to be able to work for coach Paris. Um, I had a lot of, I, I, I've been, I've been lucky really. I mean, the head coaches that I've worked for, um, it's ridiculous. The, the, the pedigree that those guys have, the skill set that those guys have, it, it, everybody is different and really good. Um, so coach Paris was a big draw for me to, to be able to work with him. Um, but then, man, the guy that picked me up at the airport when I came down here for my interview was Walt. I mean, Walt is, Walt is, uh, probably one of my, I mean, he's definitely one of the, one of my favorite, you know, it's, it's just like your kids. No, if any, I got two kids and if anybody says, which one's your favorite, I would <laughs> tell them I love them both the same. Um, I don't know. Maybe I have a favorite. You definitely have a favorite. <laughs> the, <Definitely>. uh, <laughs> but it's the same way with your play. You know, every guy that, that I've had a chance to coach and be around, like I, I love those guys for different reasons. Um, but you know, Walt has always had a special spot in my heart. I mean, that guy. I was a GA at Ohio State, and the first time I met him, it was at a tailgate at Ohio State. He, I was out there playing cornhole with him and BJ Mullins. And um, Walt was a sophomore in high school at the time, big time. Obviously, he was, I think, the number one eighth grader in the nation. Like, it was a yep. big time get when, when he signed at Ohio State. Yep. So, the um, it, it's been fun to to know him for that long. And, and he is, he's been doing a great job. Like, you, you would have, you would have never thought that this is his first year as an assistant. I mean, he's out there. It, it, you know, he, he's been great. DMAC has been tremendous. I mean, yep. those guys. They both have just such a smart way that they look at the game, how they think, how they communicate. So it's made it nice to be able to be have some familiar faces, that's for sure. No doubt. And I think, I mean, from even just being a manager and being around the program every day around those guys, I think you can kind of tell from the start. They, they obviously have both have, have great basketball minds. I mean, those are two guys – I know obviously they both played for, for Coach Gross and for Coach Christian um, at, at Ohio. And, and kind of leads me to my next point and the last thing I have on my end. Um, you worked for three different staffs at Ohio. I know obviously you came, you mentioned with, with Coach Gross. Um, obviously a few years after that, transitioned to Coach Christian for two years. Um, and then lastly with, with Saul Phillips most recently. Um, as most people know, that rarely ever happens. Um, very, very rare that – yeah, not only would be on two back-to-back staffs, but three consecutive different basketball staffs at the D1 level. Um, I want to say unheard of, but is very, very uncommon. What was that like? I mean, for you as a career progression, and just from a basketball standpoint, working for three different head coaches and and, and guys uh, across the board. Yeah, no, it was. It, it's at times. I mean, it's frustrating and hard because you're constantly learning. You know, you're constantly feeling like, man, okay, I got to do this all over again. But there, there's nothing that could have been better for me. It, it's just the same as when guys, um, sometimes guys have to go through coaching changes when they're a player. Yeah. And obviously that's that's not always great. But what you do is you learn new styles. You learn new you have to learn new terminology, new ways of doing things and thinking things. And so for me, working for really in 
I mean, it was, uh, what, what was the time frame on it? Nine, in a 13-year period, I worked for five different head coaches or saw how five different head coaches ran their programs. Um, and you throw Coach Paris in there, and that's, yeah. a, you know, in a 14- or 15-year period, that's six different guys. Mm-hmm. And so it, it has been really fun to be able to, to be able to learn from all those guys and, okay, well, hey, he did this this way. He's going to do this this way. Um, hey, how do I – uh, how do I communicate with this particular guy to be able to be successful and effective and, and um, get my point across? What's what's what does this guy want me to do um, next? You know, tomorrow, what does he want to have want me to have on his desk or not have on his desk? Um, you know, th- those those things are all um, they're good. They're, they're, you know, obviously it's sometimes some part of it is it's hard learning new things and um but i think that in the long term it's 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 really helped me to be able to be flexible and force me to learn new things because we all get comfortable right yeah. no matter what mm-hmm. you're doing yep. you get comfortable and you the easier thing to do is to not learn and to not grow um and i'm a victim of that just like anybody else but i've just been in a situation where i've been forced to to grow and learn and change and that's been really good let me tell you something. You you want uh, you you want to know when I wasn't comfortable? When it was December fifteenth, and it was zero degrees in Athens, and me, Coon, and Donher all had to come to the office and cut up film, and it was awful. Those those that month where we had to stay there. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was amazing because we were drinking our faces off every every time we weren't in the gym. But other than that, we were waking up hungover. We had to get to the gym, cut up film. I know I messed up so many ones and twos. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no you, guys, you guys were in it. You were in the thick of it. That's the that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think you know. May, the people that are probably listening to this know what managers do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you guys were you guys were doing all those things that, that all the hours a day coming in clipping up the film being there at practice uh doing all that all the stuff that rebounding for guys that probably were never even going to play that you had to get in there and rebound for them to try to get the shot better for who knows what reason but um you know that's those were all things you guys were doing you did a great job of it it was it was uh we had a we had a we had a really good group there at ohio because we had that sports ad program that was number one in the world and so everybody uh you know if you were a you were a, an undergrad student that wanted to be involved in sports someday. Ohio University was going to be up on your list somewhere, yep. and so we, we got to take advantage of that by having uh, having a lot of guys like you as, as managers. So it was yep. great. Hey, right, listen, I'll, I'll I'll go back right now. I'm just kidding. That was like the greatest time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade it right now. Um, so the last the last question and. Uh, <clears throat> a guy by the name of Mark Titus. Uh, he always in, seems to come up on the pocket. We he always, always does, man. I know. We do mention him a lot. Um, he's made a, a hell of a name for himself. He, he obviously came in um, your last year, I believe. I think it was 2006 or 2007, the final four run, and then you know released a book and has his own podcast and all that type of stuff. What, uh, what was that one year like? I mean, I think that was obviously way before he really, really started to get uh, – you know some momentum and and obviously people in the in the media mentioning him but i mean was he always kind of funny and quirky and and all over the place or was he just kind of a a quiet kid that somehow some (laughs) way figured it out (laughs) (laughs) oh man 
Yeah, I, I would say he was he was definitely always really witty and funny. Like a uh, smart dude. Like I think that he was like a really good. Yeah, he obviously even at that time was like I don't know if he was an English major or what, but like he he had that kind of even as a freshman in college the struggling artist struggling writer feel to him you know like Mm -hmm. that he always had a joke brewing he always had an idea for something um and was kind of kind of quirky with his with his comedy um here's a great this is i don't know how many people actually know this story and it's not uh I definitely am not important enough to make his book. I know that. Um, Exclusive. And I have not really, you know, I was there with him just for one year. um, Outside of a couple text messages here and there, I haven't done a great job of keeping in touch. But um, he comes in and I'm a, it's my second year as a graduate assistant. I was a manager that thought I was, I took it really seriously. Um, you know, and, and we, we had a lot of like at Ohio State, like you had to interview to be a manager. You had you had to be there all the time. If, if you missed practices, like you were not going to be able to keep your job. Um, we were out, you know, you're sprinting around. It, it was we took it probably more serious than what it should have been. Um, so in keeping up with that culture, you know, the, the, we're trying to do manager interviews and I'm told, oh, hey. We got uh, this guy. This guy's gonna be a manager, um, and uh, so which which that was the same, actually for me that was the same way. I, I was I was a manager <laughs> because my high school coach worked camp. So I guess that that was you know that's just <laughs> that's how it goes. Me being ridiculous, but <laughs> we have Mark on as a uh, as a manager, and he was a bad manager. He was <laughs> not good. He was not good. Um, and I, if you asked him, I'm sure he would probably agree with that. Um, you know, he, he was, he did not come to Ohio state to be a manager. That's not, that was not his deal. I don't even know if he really came there to be on the team. He came there because he was tight with Greg and <laughs> thought it sounded like fun to come to Ohio state. I don't, you know, yeah. I'm not putting words in his mouth, but, yeah. um, straight up. So he was awful. I mean, wouldn't show up to practice on time. Wasn't out there working as hard as the other guys. So I actually fired him. <laughs> um, I fired him one day. Because uh, he didn't show up to practice, or he went home for a weekend, or something. Said, "All right, man, this obviously isn't what you want to do. Just don't, don't come back." So, about two days later, I show up for practice, and he's on the team. Oh my! That's right. <laughs> was that a gross thing? Who who made that? Was call? that gross? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's I got no idea. But uh, yeah, there was uh, at, at one point. No, I'm, I'm sh- at one point. Someone did pull me aside and said, Foose, why, why would you why would you fire Greg Oden's best friend? What made you think that sounded like a good idea? Because he didn't fill up the water bottles, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm trying to I'm, we're trying to win here. Yeah, man. Of, I'm not man, trying to get yelled we, at. We gotta get practice ready. So Exactly. So yeah, I, I fired Mark and uh and, and it was good. Like it, I mean, you know, we we just it was just kind of okay, well, yeah, yeah we I'm got back. gotcha. Um and yeah, so then he went from uh, he he made the made the rapid ascent as every manager dreams to be yeah, on the team to be a walk-on. Um, yeah, and got yeah, a book, for sure. A book so it was uh, yeah. it was a fun uh, it was a fun crew, and uh, the whole the whole group was was really fun to be around. But yeah, he was uh, <laughs> he definitely helped to keep every everything light. Hey man, I, I just want to let you know I've never told you this, but uh, I did win two hundred fifty dollars for having Florida 
and beat you guys in a in my final four pool. Dang. Yeah. I'm sorry. Dang. I'm sorry. That does hurt. I'm sorry. Yeah. That does hurt. And um, I'll, I'll send you my new address so that uh, you can figure out whoever wants to send me my MAC championship ring. Ooh. Never got one of those either. Well, were I, you there for MAC championship? You, Come on, man. Yeah, Georgetown. <laughs> Foose, I'm, That's messed up, Foose. I'm deleting this whole interview. I'm sitting here next Unbelievable. to mine. Unbelievable. I'm sitting here next to mine, and it says uh, 2012 Mac How many Champions, water bottles I filled up? And there's a Sweet 16 oh, on the side. Man. So uh, I, I, How did you not get one? Because there was some bullshit. I don't know. Some st- I had to go in your office. You sat me down. You're like, listen, we're broke. I don't know. Only Rathers gets one. I was like, all right. At that point, I was like, I don't even care, man. Just give oh, me my shirt. A petition for that. Yeah. Well, this isn't gonna. This isn't gonna make you feel any better because apparently, a couple years later, we must have not been broke. But um, yeah, everybody. Someone got them. called me the other day from Athens and said, uh, and said, hey, just want to let you know, we found this this. Uh, championship ring i saw someone had it on at one of the bars and i made them give it to me because i told them it was not theirs no way and it was it was um holy shit did i have the it name was on like it cory perez or something oh. like that one of our, it, it was it was somebody that like it was just some random manager's ring that had they must have lost and someone else was wearing it oh goodness so, gracious man look at yeah, that hey i have i just if you're listening to this um yeah someone whoever lost your ring, ring. Is somewhere and if it's not you then i need to it might have been ian uh ian dotery oh wow ian it could dotery. be we had like three in but i i have mine safely on my finger right now um fraser sweet 16 mgr uh paul's uh this is Paul walking over. out yeah, yeah I'm paul's done. paul's not the <laughs> happiest about this but um, yeah it's jacked up man you yeah. gotta you got to write a letter to Justin see if you can. Uh, you know, once this podcast gets big time, they're gonna want to. They're gonna want to do you a, a hookup. I'm sure they've got the print or whatever the. Yeah, they can. They the, can fly the, me to Athens. Thing still ready to go. Yep, the die is cast. It's ready for you. Yep. Yep. Maybe one day. Foos, <laughs> um, listen, man. This was this was awesome. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, loved it. We're gonna have you uh, have you back on hopefully later in the year. Um, when's the next game? Let me pull up your schedule. When do you play next? We play Sunday. We got finals going on right now. We play Sunday. Uh, we beat oh, yeah. Charlotte um, yesterday. Really good win for our guys. Um, yeah. And then yeah, we play Sunday Tennessee. What is it, Tennessee Tech? Tennessee is right? Tech. Yep. 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 Nice. A couple more games till league play. We're all trying to figure out what Southern Conference basketball looks like. Um, you know, we just none of us on staff here have, have competed in the league yet, so we're. This will be interesting. What uh, as we go through this first round? Hopefully, you guys are. We're having a podcast call from like some NCAA tournament yeah, location. Exactly. On so, location, we'll know. fly out there. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll go on location with the Chattanooga Mocks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, we'll get the whole we'll get the whole staff on there. We can we can break down whatever our NCAA tournament first round game is. We'll, I like it. We'll give you the inside scoop, and it'll be uh, it'll be big. <laughs> I like really it. big. I'm in. Like I'm in. Well, appreciate it, Foos, and uh, good luck on Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks, guys. Shout out to Coach Foos. Awesome, awesome interview coming on the podcast and and chopping it up with uh, the old crew. Really appreciate everything that he's done for for both of us over here. Um, Obviously, our college basketball journey is where we are now and going to be rooting for the mocks hard as they go into conference play. Um, Shout out to the guys over at Chattanooga, but... Um, that has been episode seven, Siete. We're finished with this one. But 
bonus episode coming um, for your little Christmas present this year. We have our friend Billy O'Mara from the Minnesota Gophers coming later this week. So stay tuned. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram uh, at the Green Light Pod. Follow us on Twitter at the Green Light Pod One. And um, slide uh, slide in some DMs with some ideas. Um, tell your friends. Tell your friends. And uh, we will be back at you guys with episode eight later this week. Deuces. I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rustles up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is.